it's time for the Super Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. And here's your hosts, Paulie G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanscom, and Andrew Muldock Molinaroli. It is the Super Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. We are back for our grand final edition, our traditional grand final edition. We just have a bit of fun. We look back at the year that was, round 26. We'll look back at that as well uh, for you and um, look back at our predictions and just how different it turned out, how wrong we were, but probably not the only ones uh, in regards to, of course, the two teams that made the GF, luckily, Supercoach-wise, a little bit closer to the money, which is what we all listen to the show for. But it is grand final week, so why not have some fun and... um, go through everything, not just what happened before, but also a bit of a preview of Grand Final Edition. Maybe you've got some daily leagues. You've been um, on the previews there on our website, www.supercoachpros.com. And, um, you know, this time we're going to also talk about it, jive about it a bit. Got Ryan MS uh, with us, of course. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Enjoying uh, the fact that we've been in the... The finals and now the GF and and probably going to enjoy the off season too, the weather warming up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And uh, Peter Hensker, of course, with us. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good, thanks, guys. And uh, your Illawarra Cutters, of course, playing this Sunday as well. Yeah, it was good. Um, the Dragons under twenties got knocked out the other day, and uh, but yeah, it's great to see the the Cutters get through. I've, I was listening to it on the radio, and yeah, it was went right down to the wire. So hopefully, some players from that will, uh, like Drew Hutchison, might come through, and might see him in first grade next year. Well, probably more than uh, might. Seems like Benji Marshall's uh, definitely had his last game for the club, so uh, they got someone to fill there. So see how he goes at the weekend on on the national stage. Let's go. Just briefly back to that round 26, of course, we didn't do a post-show from the final round of the year, Supercoach-wise. So Jason Nightingale, outstanding against Newcastle Knights, 163 points, big score there, and once again showing anyone you know playing Newcastle in those prime positions, those high-scoring, potentially high-scoring positions, doing well, one of the top scores of the whole year. Uh, Gavin Cooper for the Cowboys, 117. Jonathan Thurston had a big game, of course, and, and Cooper playing outside him, you know, scored a couple of tries, had a big game. Bevan French, he's going to be one to watch next year for the Eels, also 117 points. Interestingly enough, though, Ryan, um, I guess the news that Josh Hoffman's going to Parramatta uh, might slightly change things there. I'm just wondering if they're going to pull a sort of um, what happened in, in the Roosters with Minicello and Roger Tuovasa Sheck for a couple of years. We saw it, of course, with Michael Gordon and Valentine Holmes last year for the Sharks. I'm wondering if the signing of Hoffman says they don't want French back there you know, full-time. Yeah, it's an interesting one, um, despite the fact that he um, looked like he was pretty comfortable back there. Um, but, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where um, Hoffman slots in uh, for Parramatta and see what else happens in the off-season. I'm sure there's at least three or four more shifts I'm sure, coming along. Yeah, and around November, middle of November, we usually get a clearer picture, so probably we'll release a podcast a couple of weeks after that and try to give you a bit of off-season information, a bit of off-season product too, but um, we'll go through more of that. Then Waka Blake, 117 points for the Panthers against the Seagulls, and I thought, Pete, 
the game that um, Penrith got knocked out against the Raiders, I thought they really missed Blake in that game. He's been pretty good for them, um, especially in the back half of the year. Yeah, he's been uh, very consistent, as you say, in the second half of the season. And, and just that little... He's, he's had um, great footwork too. And so I think, yeah, that was missed against uh, Canberra. They will learn more from that, though. And he might be one to watch for next year as well. His teammate Matt Moylan was simply outstanding um, over those last few weeks. 115 points in that big win over the Eagles. Simon Mannering, 113 for the Warriors in their um, loss to Parramatta. He certainly tried his best, as did Jake Dubrovich for the Seagulls, 112 points. And then you've got more Panthers players, 106 for, for Bryce Cartwright, and then 106 also Isaac Luke for the Warriors, and then 105 for Joseph Leilua, a big win rhyme, rather not talk about the Raiders over the Tigers at Leichhardt, uh, a real <laughs> deflating experience for us Tigers supporters, but Leilua are outstanding. Yeah, they were on fire. Uh, just, yeah, that pass was... Stupid. <laughs> Shouldn't have even gone backwards, but it somehow went backwards and straight to the guy. So, um, yeah, they were crazy good that day. And the Tigers were not. And they were very unlucky, probably in, in, in some respects anyway, not to be there this weekend. Certainly pushed the storm all the way. Had Jack Whiten in the bin for 10 and a few other things. Maybe if Edric Lee had, you know, bought that spray, the NFL spray that you spray on your hands, <laughs> catch the ball. <laughs> Poor Edric Lee. His cousin's going to Canterbury, but they are still trying to re-sign Edric. Let's go on to um, looking back on the year that was, and just read out the top scores, supercoach-wise for the year. Cameron Smith leading the way, the only one to hit the 1,800 points for the season, 1,802 from Bryce Cartwright. And the thing with Cartwright, you know, as much as it can be a bit up and down, those big scores always outweighing, but we're seeing here second overall. I guess not playing Origin, helping him. Um, they're playing, you know, being available more games than Smith, but second overall, we can't discount that. He's going to be a must-have next year, 1785 for him, as is Ryan James. The Broncos are looking to poach Ryan James, uh, potentially. Um, I'm not sure what carrots they can throw at him. Maybe the fact that under Bennett, he's got more chance of playing Origin. Um, I think he should be there next year for New South Wales, but, you know, Supercoach-wise showing his worth, 1,750. Jared Croker, 1,722. I think we've said for a couple of years, Ryan, when the um, Raiders go go well, Jared Croker scores points. Well, they finished second, you know, at the end of regular season, so stands to good reason that Croker, you know, fourth overall Supercoach-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he had a great season. Um, kicked pretty well all year um, and actually um, scored it quite a few tries um, mm. which was a little bit interesting given that all the attention was focused on Rapana and Leilua Yeah, well Croker, it'll be interesting in the Daily M's actually because Leilua and Croker are probably battling it out for, for the centre of the year funnily enough from the same team Sam Burgess, 17-18 now, you know, Souths didn't go that great compared to they have in other years, Pete, but he's still you know, almost quietly amassed the fifth best supercoach score well, that's right. Um, Souths, uh, you know, they missed him uh, for a couple of weeks after his injury against the Dragons early in the year. Um, but then, yeah, just later in the season, he started. He just been through all their losses earlier on. He's, you know, sitting around in the 80s and the 90s. And, yeah, he was he was um, fantastic. And, yeah, you'd expect him to go on uh, 
probably even better again next year. Hopefully, we can play every game for the Super, Super Coach and for South Sydney. Trent Merrin, um, another guy who probably should be playing Origin. He was outstanding all year, 16 96 for the Panthers. Sean Johnson up there for the Warriors, despite the fact that he and the team didn't go as well as expected, still super coach wise. He's, he's pretty much your gun half, um, along, I guess, with Jonathan Thurston when Thurston's not involved in Origin. Tahu Harris, another non Origin player, being a Kiwi, 16 for the Storm. And Anthony Milford, 15 97 for the Broncos. The, the common theme here being um, these guys not playing Origin. And uh, you can add Joseph Lalia there, fifteen ninety one for the Raiders, followed by Andrew Fafita for the Sharks, fifteen eighty six. Um, guys, I guess you know that's just looking at a few of them. There's some more names, sort of as as we go down. We can also look at you know average per game. But I'll, I'll start with you, Peter. Any anyone that's surprised in in you know that top ten or twenty, um, and and anyone that you know was expected, I guess. Um. No, I guess the, the usual ones were there, like Cameron Smith and so on. Um, probably um, someone like Bryce Cartwright, I, I must admit, like I I thought he was a you know a very good young player and, he, and he's got the breeding, of course, when he first came on the scene. But last year, and to rack up all these super coach points, I thought he was, uh, I think he did a little bit better than, than what a few people expected, actually. He'd, he'd probably be the standout for me. Ryan, what about, about yourself? Um, look, I was quite surprised um, with a player who I personally <laughs> didn't really rate last year. Um, and he's a player from the Tigers. It was um, Mitch Moses scored a lot more points than I assumed that he would, um, especially in that middle back half of the year. Um, and I thought, yeah, that was a big surprise, to be honest. It's interesting the names I mentioned, you know, I got Paul Gallon not there, obviously he misses games, Origin also had some injuries, but he, if you look at guys that sort of got over 100 supercoach points, he was second on the list for points per game from Cameron Smith. Um, Smith averaged 78.3, uh, five points per game, Gallon 75.39, and then that man Sam Burgess 74.7. Um, Cartwright, Merrin, James, Lalia, and Fafita were all names on that list, and they came in next, as, as was Croker before Jonathan Thurston, just under 70. And then Boyd Cordner was an interesting one as well, um, only playing late in the year, getting almost 70 points per game, along with Tedesco, another one that missed quite a few, but would definitely have a lot of people watching him um, at the start of next year. Sean Johnson we did mention but Cameron Munster, we didn't. He was another one, 68.95. So you can see when he got on the field, he'd well. And Mitchell Barnett's going to be a great pickup next year, potentially, if the price isn't too high, because we don't really trust the Knights. But 67.44 points per game. What a mid-season addition he was for Newcastle. If we just looked at it per um, the whole season... We were actually able to get it down to 18 names and fill every position. So you had Rapana at fullback, the best fullback. Uh, that man Croker, Harris Lulia, and Tom Trebrovich, who's actually the 18th best as your centres and wingers. So it's not bad, um, 18th, filling that final centre and winger spot. Milford, half, 5'8", uh, sorry, Johnson, half. 
Sam Burgess, Trent Merrin, Bryce Cartwright in the back row, Ryan James, Andrew Fafida in the front row from Cameron Smith in your bench is Bromwich, Taumalola, Ethan Lowe, Jake Friend, and then it's Jake Jaborovic as well, um, just who just came in ahead of his brother, Tom. So interesting looking at it from that angle as well. Um, and I guess, Ryan, some of those names, guys like Rapana, even Milford was sort of around the 400,000 mark to start with, Leilua, quite cheap, the Trebroviches, yeah, good value there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, to be honest, um, with Milford, at the start of the year, you would have paid that amount because he was killing it for the first, I don't know, well, let's say the first half of the season. Then Yeah, he went up over 100 away. grand, I think, and then he yeah, went he down. fall away back. 200. <laughs> um, big and, you know, he had, a, he had an okay end to the year, but, um, yeah, it was sort of like it the most meteoric rise and um yeah the fall to match i guess interesting some of the tactics you might want to go about earlier in the year especially if a guy does rise over five hundred thousand, and you got the trades up your sleeve early you know they, it's, it could almost be just a, a guarantee move on get your money for him and, and come back and get him a bit later on if you still like him then this is the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast. It is the grand final edition. We do it each and every year. And uh, one of the most enjoyable parts of the show well, is, is, well, I guess the one at the start of the year where we name our teams we think is going to win. Um, and we also name our wooden spoon. I'm going to read them out for you now, Pete. I'll start with you. And I guess in some respects you were the closest, uh, at least for the premiers. You've said the Cowboys. Uh, at the time, playing it probably safer than the rest of us, but as it turned out, they they did get within one game. Not so um, accurate with the wooden spooners with the Gold Coast last. Um, I think they surprised a lot of us. Um, and, you know, <laughs> there's other predictions here that also were a bit uh, skewed when it came to the wooden spooners. Ryan, you also had the Titans as last, but uh, Manly as the Premiers. So it's, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, only, I was only like 12 spots away. Yeah, it probably <laughs> would have been better off saying the Titans to win and Manly to come last would have been closer. But, but anyway, <laughs> Andrew, uh, not with us tonight, but he said the Broncos, minor Premiers, but Warriors to win. So I guess at least Brisbane made the eight, but not so much with the Warriors. He he actually called um, not only would the Tigers get the spoon, but Jason Taylor to be fired. So doesn't you know that neither of those things uh, went about. I also said the Tigers to come last. So uh, again, in about eight spots off. Um, but the Cowboys minor premiers and the Broncos to win the grand final. Well, neither of those things happened either. So luckily. We're a super coach uh, show, and we've got those uh, by and large. Those ones are a lot more accurate than than the than the, uh, the finishes. But then again, with sixteen teams, you know, it is it's just a bit of fun, really. And, and I guess looking at the season, Pete, you know how it shaped out, and then what we can maybe glean out of it to learn for next year. You know, Storm and the Sharks, were they both a bit surprising, especially when earlier in the year everyone was saying, you know, it's going to be Brisbane Cowboys rematch? Well, it's um, it shows the great nature of the competition, doesn't it? That we, you know, we're a little, um, you know, quite out on our predictions. We don't want a competition where the, the top teams are 
belting the, the bottom teams all the time and, you know, that happens year after year. That would be a boring time. So we don't want that. But um, Melbourne was sort of, you know, for mine always, I thought maybe just a notch behind really uh, teams like the Cowboys and, and Brisbane. Um, but, you know, you can never, it goes to show, you can never underestimate them. And Cronulla have been, well, you know, knocking on the door the last few years. So their time has is almost close to come, I guess. The But, you know, they've been two of the three best teams all year. Cronulla, you can't deny, but won 15 games in a row this year. So I think it was 15. So, that, you know, that's an incredible effort by itself. And, and Melbourne to be there after going through the whole origin period and so on and, and losing their fullback after the first game, I think is, a, is also a tremendous effort. All right, well, that brings us to our grand final preview now. And, of course, some of you... Our listeners might be playing daily leagues. You know, you can get that information on the website, www.supercoachpros.com. The preview's already up there, um, but let's just have a look at it now for you. Um, Melbourne naming their entire 2016 squad on the bench, pretty much, uh, except for, of course, the injured Billy Slater and Nelson Osofa Solomon. Look, we expect the top, uh, the main, the same 17 from last week to take the field. Uh, Cameron Smith is the number one option here. He's been doing very well, um, even when his side has to sort of come from behind or um, you know play catch up or, or you know certainly it's close. So look, it, it doesn't really matter game script wise. Smith is expected to do well. Tahu Harris been impressed with him pretty much all year, but in the finals he's stepped it up even more. Um, so he's right up there with Jesse Bromwich, who got extra game time last week. Um, for Melbourne, so obviously Craig Bellamy is going to be leaning on him. Um, Kevin Proctor, Dale Finucane, look any forwards at, at this time of year, you know, in those tough matchups, you know, you're probably erring there um, for, for those guys as well. And then, of course, you've got the, the key positions Cameron Munster and Cooper Cronk. Um, downgrades, but, but not horrible downgrades considering, you know, everyone's got a tough matchup in this one. Uh, Cronulla, on the, in the meantime, Sam Tagatizi has been named. Um, Kurt Capewell goes to 18th man. Look, it's just as likely that Tagatizi um, doesn't go, doesn't pass his fitness test, so Capewell may end up playing there. Jason Paulo was named, but it's just, I think, more to the fact of, of saying, um, you know, sorry, you're going to miss out because of the injury, but we're still going to at least give you a jersey number. Um, Paul Gallen, unsurprisingly the top pick. Um, Andrew Fafita. He should also do very well. He was outstanding last weekend. Luke Lewis, you know, big-time player, big game player uh, also in there. Um, and Jack Bird's going to be interesting. We saw Chase Blair targeted by the Raiders in defence, and I think um, and that, that side, Blair and Green, and I think Bird, Holmes and Townsend could all be interesting ones there attacking that right side. Ryan, how do you see the game going? And you got a predicted score for us and maybe even a, a first... First try scorer. Um, well, look, uh, I think Melbourne will probably get home um, probably by eight. Say, I'm going to say, let's say sixteen eight. Uh, first try scorer, uh, one of the Bromwiches. I mean, tell you what, you'd do all right if one of those got over. Uh, Pete, how do you see it going? Ryan just about took the words out of my mouth. I'd been thinking about a, a score, and it was 16-8 that I was thinking of as well. So I'll go slightly different. I'll go a little... I'll go a fraction closer. I was recently going to say 12-8, so I'll stick with um, with 12-8 to Melbourne as well. 
Um, I, I see this game, unfortunately, unlike last year's sort of fairly open affair, I think this being a real grind of a game, unfortunately, just the way these two teams play. Um, but it's it's going to be a, a tough old game um, without much compromise. First try scorer, I'd go for um, probably Tohu Harris. I was thinking back a couple of years ago when they played, uh, a few years ago now, and they played Canterbury in the grand final there. Um, the second row at the time, Ryan Hoffman was first try scorer. So I think I might follow a pattern. I don't sort of play too expensively, so that's where I'll be going for. It's going to be interesting because um, Melbourne over the years, you know, Cronulla almost trying to emulate the Melbourne style of play and usually when they come up against the Storm, the Storm give them a shellacking because, you know, they play a similar style but Melbourne are just far better at it. Finally, Cronulla um, broke that hoodoo earlier this year but I just wonder, and we got a bit of a glimpse in round 26 when Melbourne had a pretty comfortable victory, I just wonder if Melbourne were just a little bit off that their game when they played up in Cronulla earlier in the year. I don't think that the Sharks are going to see that Storm side. I think they're going to see the same side in round 26. And while the score might be closer, I think it's going to be really hard for them to actually outpoint Melbourne, unless somehow you know their stars, Smith and Cronk, have an, a slightly off day. I do think they can get the first try. Chase Blair's a definite weakness, um, especially in defence. I'm going to go... Jack Bird for that one. Um, but I think any of those right side players, Lewis, Townsend, Holmes, Bird, um, could be um, the first try scorer. But yeah, geez, oh, I tell you what, I'm not oh, I'm not 100% convinced, but it's going to be hard to go past Melbourne. Should be a great game anyway. And, um, you know, maybe you don't have a, you know, a, <laughs> Horse of the race, or whatever you want to call it, but um, yeah, it's still going to be a good game of footy, I think. And I think they've chosen the right referees too, so we should get a more open game than maybe we would otherwise get with the choice of Matt uh, Chicken as the um, uh, the main referee. I think he does a better job of keeping the, the sides apart than the other guys. Although Ben Cummins is still refing as the pocket ref, but um, Jared Sutton, perhaps surprisingly, missing out altogether. Uh, any last words, Ryan? Um, thanks again for the season. We'll uh, obviously talk in that off-season show, go a bit more about what we expect for season 2017. Yeah, I'll be interested to know um, or see what kind of strategies people will draft up given the um, given the modified draw for Origin and all that. Yes, that's very true, and it's one we're going to have to look uh, at when you know those draws come out in the pre-season shows. We'll try to do another four pre-season shows like we did this year where we can sort of go through all the teams and the positions and a bit of strategy. Might even be able to get a bit of overall info again, um, talking to some of the, the experts in those fields as well, hopefully. Pete, um, final takeaway for Grand Final? Um, yeah, um, it, yeah, I hope that... Uh, Old cliche, but I hope rugby league is when I hope it's a really good game of footy, and we're not talking about uh, refereeing controversies or anything like that. I hope it's all about the players, and uh, and it's a good advertisement for the game. Um, super coach wise, next year I think it'd be interesting to see uh, players like, uh, for example, Jared Hayne, and just see how much they're worth and how much impact he has uh, after a solid off season of rugby league with the Titans. 
still the jury is out whether he's a fit for that team and certainly how it is in its current state, although I guess they're making a lot of changes um, to what we're going to see next year. So, so maybe that will be a bit more fluent than it was um, in those few games he played for them this season. Thank you very much, Pete. Thanks, Ryan. We will see you in the off-season. Enjoy grand final day. And to you out there, uh, our loyal listeners, thank you very much and in, really enjoy the day. Hopefully, you know, you can get out with family, friends, have it. You enjoy uh, watching the big game. Do your way. Have a good time. And, um, you know, thanks for being with us in, in 2016. We'll talk in the off-season. Before you know it, we'll be back doing this all again. You know, the, the 2017 will roll around and we'll be talking salaries and strategies and, and everything else that goes with it. Ryan, thank you very much. No worries, mate. Pete, thank you. Thank you too. Been a great season. Thanks, mate. And I am Paulie G. Thanks very much again. Of course, you can go to www.supercagepros.com. The recap's up there through all the final series and we'll be doing the grand final recap as well. And don't forget, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter. Supercoach Pros. Have a great off-season. We'll talk to you in a couple of months. Bye for now.